Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hi everyone, welcome back casual watch talk for episode 25 we're nearly nearly a quarter of a way right. to 100 quarter to it nice quarter to 100 how have you been this week chris uh decent pretty good hanging in there yeah yeah same here well it's been after last week's uh, podcast where i talked about selling my uh, tudor it's been quite an interesting again an interesting watch week for me but Let's start with, uh, as we always do, with watch obsessions. Do you want to kick it off, Chris? Or Yes. So I managed to get a hold of a Zen 104. Oh, you've been waiting for a while, haven't you? Yeah. You've been, been stalking yeah. one for a while. Yeah. And I, it, 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 it happened organically. Uh, I was not uh, ready to, to purchase anything, but like the stars aligned, if you will, or... Uh, if you're uh, in in marketing, uh, any excuse was made in order for me to purchase this. No, so, <laughs> but uh, I was I had my browser open, and uh, we're going to talk more about buying and selling watches on eBay. But I had my browser window open to eBay, and I had some watches. And my wife uh, walked into the study here and just sort of, you know, said, uh, "Study is a fancy word for computer room, by the way." <laughs> and um, uh, said, you know, hey, you got, you're got you looking at watches there. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And then just randomly I said, you know, hey, do you like do you like the one with the Arabics? Do you like just the black dial or do you like the white dial? And this was just like I had him in like an eBay search. And she was like, oh, I kind of like the white dial. I was like, oh, okay. And of course, I never, I don't know about you, Sam, but I don't, I get very little. Like I get, you know, I get, I get what I get. I get very little because like Chris's fancy watch stuff, right? Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So. So I was like, oh, the white one. I was like, yeah, I do like the white one, right? And so this particular auction for it was a deal and already was priced well. And I was like, it had a make an offer. And so I made a great offer. And the next morning I got it and I was stoked because I just, I was like, I got it for what I wanted, used price. We'll talk more about this later, but uh, came in. Uh, the other day, put it on the time grapher, was running excellently, um, and yeah, I'm super, I'm excited about it, because it's like, it's the, you know, it's a white dial pilot watch that's going to be like an everyday pilot watch for me, um, very cool, very cool watch, and I think, I I think this has turned me off from divers completely. Really? Think, yeah. Because, I mean, it does, it looks a bit like a diver. Does it have right. a bezel? Yeah. So, I mean, it's got the, it's got the countdown bezel. It's got the, you know, reverse, like, 55. So, it, you couldn't necessarily use it for quote-unquote diving. But, I mean, who is? Like, yeah. we're having this conversation, right? 200-meter uh, water resistance. Right there. Uh, is this the thin, easy-to-read? The loom on it is amazing, by the way diver you know style like like you know that i replace is this the thing that i'm swimming in the lake with that's the question because that's all that my diver does i don't know <laughs> my turtle you know occasionally gets to swim in the lake sometimes goes to the ocean but 
but uh, it's not like I'm scuba diving or anything. So I got to see it from afar the other day uh, because I came round to Chris's house for a very important reason, which we'll go into now. So last week we talked about selling my Tudor Black Bay 58 and how yes. excited I was about getting a Squall, a Squale watch. Squale, Squale. Squale, Ooh, yeah. Do, do, they I, say, do they say Squall? I've never heard anyone say it. I've only heard the TGV Squale. But yes. is, is anyone pronouncing anything right? I don't know. Well, I think, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I certainly know that I got it from him. And yeah, I know yeah. that actually in one of the videos I did about Squall, it doesn't really, it's not commonly used in the French language for shark. It's actually, there's a different word that I'm going to forget now that begins with an R that is okay. more commonly the name for a shark. So, but anyway, somebody uh, <laughs> is going to be shouting, yeah, a French yeah, speaker is going to yeah. be shouting at the uh, at the screen now saying it's, uh, yes or something. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was really excited about getting the squall mm-hmm. and it looked awesome, had that vintage case on, and it arrived from Nomon Watches from Singapore in record time. I mean, it only took yeah. like three or four days, and straight away, I was not totally... Co- I shouldn't have unwrapped it, basically. I unwrapped mm. it because you've got to to try it on, but their they've, their strict return policy is even if you take a sliver of the... Yeah. If you look at the wrapping, if you open yes. the box, basically... <laughs> Exactly. Got it on the mesh bracelet, um, but I immediately took it off the mesh bracelet so I could try it because I didn't want to adjust the mesh bracelet until I was sure that I liked it. Plus, sometimes I'll keep the bracelet to one side and just so if I resell the watch, it's in pristine condition. So Mm -hmm. I put it on a thing and the problem with it is, and this is why I had to drop it off at Chris's house, was because the thing is, it's heavy. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of heavy watches. It's nearly the same, Chris, you had me weigh it, didn't you? Right, yeah. It was. I wanted grams. We had, like, what was it, 137 or something like that? It was like 160, I think, and the turtle was like 156 or something. So there wasn't that much in it. With the, with the bracelet, though. With the yeah. bracelet. But the problem is, on a turtle or a heavier watch, and Seiko mm-hmm. do a great job of you know, we've had a few comments about the movements, but their cases are, are spot on. And yeah. I think that the center of gravity is at the back of the watch. So it's more right. towards the back case. So what that means is even though it's heavier, it's pushing down on your wrist. So when your watch is by the side, the watch slides might slide down your wrist, but the force is more pushing it towards your wrist where mm-hmm. I found that the Squale, the weight seemed to be in the sapphire crystal, which was quite thick and also the bezel. So the problem was is, when it's your hands by the side of you, it's pushing from the crystal and the bezel downwards. So it's almost pointing mm-hmm. at a 45 degree angle into your wrist. Mm-hmm. And I persevered with this for a day. I just could not. It was, I was not enjoying wearing this That's watch weird. whatsoever. So Chris, I've not spoke to you about this since I dropped mm. it off. So I'm interested to know, am I going crazy or? So, yeah. So I, I tried to figure out, yeah. So first I assumed that, Sam, sorry. Uh, and I just I was like, oh, something is like something's not up. Like, what is what is is this because it's on? So I did the same thing. I carefully took it off the bracelet. I took some dimensions. Right, it's not that thick. It's like right around thirteen, and so it's not it's not a crate, you know. And then I took the lug to lug is almost identical to the one of four to twenty twenty millimeter lug width. Um, the lugs taper down. So I'm kind of looking at it and I'm like, what, what is, you know, what is it? And I, I did the same thing. I put it on wrist. I started with uh, like a single pass NATO and you're right. It like 
top heavy is the is the best description for it where you just roll your wrist over and i originally compared it to my chronographs so with the chronographs the 103 is like 16 millimeters thick so it's it's got some heft to it i think it weighed just about the same on the bracelet as this and yeah i i it does feel like it's kind of top heavy pulling your wrist but like the whole watch yeah it's it's different so then I was like, okay, what is this? It wasn't until I put them flat on my desk that I really saw what the deal was. Probably three millimeter thick crystal on that bad boy and the bezel. The bezel, the coin edge bezel has to be like two and a half millimeters thick. Okay, almost three. That all sits up high, higher than my 104 coming in at 11 you know, 11 something, 11 and change, right? Millimeters. And I I think that's what's doing it. Just that whole, like the heft of the bezel. And I seem to remember either reading this, whether it's Reddit or Instagram or YouTube or whatever, somebody said something where the where the bezel on that was pretty hefty. I should have mentioned this if you're, if nobody, lis- if you didn't listen to last week's so or you weren't, were able to miss it. It's the, the Squale, the 50 Atmos. So it's not one of their, rolex homages it's their you know their their actual case that they do that's sort of slightly rounded slightly hexagonal ish i suppose mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i very rarely have such a visceral reaction to a watch and bearing in mind i review a lot of watches mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. get sent a lot of watches i also get to review a lot of watches certainly at bob's watches where i get to review planet oceans and stuff like that the only case that i remember that i just straight away didn't like was Mm -hmm. the speedmaster mark ii Mm -hmm. but this squally one i'm amazed that what do you think because a lot of people love this watch don't they certainly we mentioned tgv to hear him talk about this watch is it's a glowing (laughs) glowing yeah and so what i did was i spoke to a a friend of the channel uh, james who's in my phone as james doxer because he has a nice collection of doxer (laughs) watches and he collects squally and he said to me, put it on the mesh bracelet because what that will do is it, the mesh bracelet is thick. It's 20 mil thick all the way down. It doesn't taper. Right. So that will kind of brace it. And it sort of helped, but it's still yeah. not a comfortable watch to wear, in my opinion. So I, I can't actually yeah. return it to Nomon now, which yeah. is a shame. I, I, uh, I put it on a two-piece silicone strap because I figured, okay, it's a diver, so it's living on that, like a, like a Tropic or a silicone strap. And so I, I popped it on that, and yeah, I just I had the same the – way, the way the case is shaped, and I can't quite put my finger on it because I was like I, – I wanted a definitive – I wanted a definitive answer like, oh, watches that, are, that have the bezel – two millimeters higher than the crown or always going to be like this or something like some, you know, uh, not um, subjective, you know, like an objective uh, Yeah, not like reason. a feeling. Right, yeah. not like a feeling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, I tried some, and I, I I couldn't figure it out, but you're, I had the same exact experience. It just, it like, you've, you flopped your wrist over. I, I think also what's not helping it is it it weighs a lot. So it, it, the head of that, that thing, that it weighs itself a bunch. So I think that compounded with the fact that most of the crystal and the bezel are way up high and the watch kind of tapers in, but on paper, I mean, this is one of those, you know, we, 
we, you know, I'm sure we say this all the time, trying on watches, it has to, you got to try it on. You got to yeah. check it out because this is, this is absolutely one, one of those where I'm sure there are guys that are used to like, it reminded me ever, uh, I tried on one of the giant marathon that the biggest one they make, the one that's got like a plutonium battery in it or something. Like the jumbo <laughs> like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like what, a, like my, uh, one of my watch for, uh, friends had one, you know, just, and it reminded me of that, that just like huge beefy, like God help you if you don't wear it on the bracelet kind of deals. And it felt, it felt like that. It felt like a giant beefy block of marathon watch on a two piece strap that was like dangling off the back of my wrist. I've had, large watches before i've got the turtle but i've had vostoks and i've had a lot of big watches i've also reviewed a lot of big watches i reviewed that huge square watch that dumbo watch that somebody sent me in mm-hmm. and all of them seem to have thought about the weight distribution i mean i go back to seiko i mean the skx is probably is probably similar size to the yeah the squale but even that the weight is at the back of the watch so there is some downward force right like you say this is the problem with not trying them on but where could you try a squale right, on? Yeah, you can't yeah you can't i can sort of understand no one watch is saying oh we want we want this in pristine condition so we can resale it again but how the hell are you supposed to try right. the watches on if you literally literally it says you can't try them on so i i, yeah, I asked feels... them mm-hmm. yeah i asked them if i could return it or even for a restocking fee but they're well, I can see both sides. I can see from my side that it's a bit annoying. I couldn't just try it on and find out I didn't like it. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but if um, so much as a like, you look at the lugs on that thing, and yeah, no, it's like once you take the packaging off, yeah, it's it's definitely, it's definitely one of those things. I'm looking forward to when we get down the road here with all of the uh, pandemic and we get able to get together again will be nice um we'll have to do a uh, we'll have to do a podcast on just hanging out and watch meets because uh this is this is one thing that is great about watch meets it allows you to to try on stuff that you'd never that might fit you might not this kind of stuff so i've really been thinking about what do i want now i, yeah. I, I thought about should i've gone with the the doxa 200 sub which i know a lot of people on the facebook group uh, like or certainly uh robert who's got one says that he loves it but then again, I'm now a bit gun shy that I'm not able to try that on really. So yeah, actually, right now, what is uh, what? Let's do an impromptu state of the collection, Sam. What is what? What do you got? What are you down to? Besides, let's not talk about your permanent keepers. Let's just talk about your your current collection. What are you down to? That's a great question, actually. The keepers, my you know, my grandfather and my my father in laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, one aside, I've obviously got the two swatches, but they're they're stored away. They never see okay. the, the light of day. But in my core collection now, unbelievably, for the first time in as long as I've been watch collecting, I've really only got three watches. I've got the Citizen Land, that beautiful little quartz one. Okay. I've got the the turtle that you've poured mm-hmm. countless Co- hours into getting hours in time. Into, yeah, ultimate yeah, turtle. Okay, the ultimate <laughs> turtle, and then then the then the G Shock. Really? And then I've got oh. ones that in for review. So I've got that Aviate watch that's in for review, that D One Milano, yeah. and then I've also got a, a Walbrook's Skin Diver, an original one because I I backed the new Walbrook on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a comparison, but I don't. Those watches usually get given away or like we'll talk about now i sometimes sell them on ebay to mm-hmm. put back into the channel whether it's cameras or light and i know people mm-hmm. think i'm talking out my ass when i mention that but th- th- what 
I can only be honest. So right, yeah, um, yeah. You've not been spending your millions from your hundred and fifty view. <laughs> yeah, so we talk about we talk a good game about a three watch collection, but I've sort of impromptu got there without yeah. without really trying to or wanting to, I guess. Yeah, you can't see this at home. He's sweating though. He's sweating yeah. about it. You know, you're you're on the hunt. We we talked a little bit about the Oris as maybe mm. a, as maybe one to check out. That's the, yeah, what, the, the 65? What I've been looking at the most is the, well, it's four watches, really, is I still can't get out of my mind the Omega X33. I just, there just isn't one online yeah. that's a good True. price. Have you, have you tried that on? No. Okay, so so they have the the, the Solar Planet edition, the green yeah. and blue. So I tried that on. That is like your marathon. That is a, that is a, beefy watch <laughs> that is that's an all business we're going to space a replacement for your like g-shock that kind of level that might put that off and then the the old breitling that b1 the annie digi I, i've just got a real new appreciation for that for some reason so there's that then the docks are the sub 200 okay and then uh, for some reason i keep coming back to this watch and i don't think we've ever talked about it is the formex the essence one the, this is the this is the 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 slim sports watch well, it's I would yeah, it's it's their it's their slimmest one. We'll put oh, it that okay, way. Okay, all right, okay. But, <laughs> yeah. But it's the one that has the cases suspended, so you can actually push oh, the case right. through that one. Okay, okay. That one. I okay. really like the look of it, and I don't know mm-hmm. also whether it's because slight plug for me, they named me as one of the best YouTubers on uh best watch related YouTubers. <laughs> I mean you definitely need to buy something from them now, so <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But I, I do quite like the look of that. But what I want is an everyday yeah. watch that has a little bit of history to it, has a little bit of a quirk to it, maybe around the one thousand five hundred dollar or or thousand dollar mark because I don't want to be mark, looking yeah. at it like oh that's right. money in my watch case which is how I looked at the Tudor yep yeah uh, I looked at Zinn I'm just I'm I'm really torn at the moment I'm really yeah. it, it it's actually amazing how much it's affecting me I don't know whether the stresses of everything else that's going on in the world I'm plowing that into watches. Or yeah, whether it's the actual uncomfort of not really knowing what, because I've always known. Yeah, yeah. The Squale's really affected me in the sense yeah. that before then, I think I was like, oh, I could just, I could really wear any watch. It doesn't matter about the size and all of that. I never considered size as a reason. I would just be like, oh, that would just look ridiculous because it's big. I never really considered, oh, that could really be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of changed me a little bit. So it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, it's. I, I think. I think you're on to, onto something with the with the the price point because I I think two times now with the Speedmaster and the Tudor, I think you've experienced that precious. You know, the like the watch is precious. I don't do that, or at least I try not to do that. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. But uh... yeah, and I suppose the other thing as well is little bit of guilt's the wrong word but certainly a feeling around should i have this much money in watches or should that money right. be going towards a deposit for a house or should yeah. that be going towards yeah, yeah 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 which which and yeah we preface a lot and i think it's a you know we'd settle definitely like we say this like every time like guys like you have to this has to be like play money like this is not yeah. this is not money for a house this is not savings account like you have to have you're investing in your 401k you're putting money in savings you're 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 saving for a house 
and then you got us you got some extra cash in paypal all right let's go let's go play you know that kind of thing before we dive into the rest of the news let's just pause for a very quick ad break hello welcome back to the casual watch talk so we normally do a few horology news newses news news stories <laughs> um but it's been a pretty light week to be honest and mm-hmm. we're not immune to a little bit of watch drama i should say on this channel i don't often talk about it on the youtube channel because it can inflame passions but there's been a certain little bit of certainly some interesting watch youtuber news so chris do you want to kick it off uh yeah so i was looking at tgv had an announcement this is uh the urban gentry uh had an announcement that basically uh that he was kind of uh parting ways with watchbox so they had done an agreement together and it was a long like announcement and also i think he's uh retiring the dinosaur what do you think about that that's <laughs> hugo i don't know even how that came about where i know he has a lot of knickknacks doesn't he but yeah i think, I think it's just one of his openings like one of his like fun openings or whatever that he and then it kind of went went a little a... too far yeah yeah <laughs> so so yeah it, he kind of stretched it out and didn't like i was it is interesting to kind of like read between the lines because like the title was a little clickbaity which is like the end of the the end of the urban gentry or whatever it was you know that kind of thing but it really was just that he was kind of done with uh with watchbox and i'm not i think i mentioned this before on on this show but i i'm not i don't remember like a particular pure bunch of collaboration with him I think it was just he got access to the watches and he kind of there was a there was some strategy there. But I don't I don't I didn't see any like meat come out of that. I agree with you because I think when they did that first collaboration. So I'll say a couple of things about TGV. First of all, the reason that I'm doing this is because I got enthralled with his content. He, he I'd say there's definitely some people snapping at his heels, Adrian at Bark and Jack. Teddy Balbazar is playing TGV mm-hmm. at his own game. I mean, he oh, is yeah. his, the quality of his videos, his presentation style. He's a lot more, he comes across as a lot more approachable. Now he's stopped doing all that top 10 stuff that he started off doing. Now he's mm-hmm. doing more yeah. pure watch content. Brilliant. He's obviously got a very skilled friend that's filming him and stuff. He's playing TGV at his own game. Mm-hmm. TGV still has a certain amount of charm. Yes, there's dramas up and down. And I think that probably adds to the, the overall mystery of him. But mm-hmm. I thought it was a weird alliance, and I'll say two things why. First off, he signed the the contract with them, and then he made a video about what I couldn't understand was about watch snobs he was, he was kind of aiming it at. And mm-hmm. he mentioned a watch club. He says, oh, there's even the watch clubs out there that won't mm-hmm. allow you to take Invictors in. And that was, a, that was like a shot over the bow of, of red bar because that's one of their famous kind of quirky things is you you can come in with any watch as long as it's not an invicta and i felt that that was a little bit too close to the bone because watchbox govberg they must have had some they must have sun in with with red bar right so you let that miss but the the problem with tg i shouldn't say problem one of one of the things he's very strong on certain things one of the things i don't think he's strong on is either collaborating with other people or interviewing people on his channel mm-hmm. i think that he he struggles with that so when him and tim mosso mm-hmm. were on they obviously are at both at one either ends of the spectrum isn't it it's like right. me it's like last week we were joking about i love my mini because of the aesthetics it's like right. me talking yeah. to you about 
like the aesthetics of my mini but you really know how a car works in the engine. The supercharger, right. Yeah, the, the displacement and the supercharger. Yeah, yeah and you'd yeah, be like, actually, oh, yeah. yeah, I love the Mini because it, the, right. know, to get a turbo, yeah. that's what I'm yeah. And I would have no idea what you were talking about. Right. Like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. And that was what it was like with TGV. TGV is aesthetics. He likes it. He does know a bit about the movements. But Tim Bossett, he's an expert. So when those two are set right. together, it was almost, it seemed like they didn't have much to talk about. They right. didn't understand right. each other. Yeah, yeah. There's like no middle ground there between like this is you know, oh you know they they finish with the blued screws and this is you know Geneva stripes etc. And they're like I'm like oh they're you know they're they're like heritage and like how the watch makes you feel. Yeah, yeah I I, a- I couldn't fi- and the t- and that like no uh, different completely different personalities for sure. Yeah, as well. exactly. And they're like oh and you know Tim Tim also would be like oh I I love the Coke Geneva on there and and I'd be like oh it's a bit too early for red wine. <laughs> right, exactly, right, right, right. I'll have the, I'll have the white. I'll have, I'll the, have the, uh, like, a slice like of collage in yeah. my uh, with my whiskey. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but um, oh yeah. So it it, it did seem mm-hmm. weird, but you know they obviously got a lot out of it because they got their little advert at the start of his his show. But it's interesting because you often wonder, and far be it from me to speculate, how does a contract? get ended if it's if it's a beneficial to both parties i've worked with contract personnel there's if it's still a need or there's benefit there to goldberg mm-hmm. then yeah i'm not sure unless it broke down in further negotiations but yeah it, it, it kind of came off to me as the the there was probably some level of expectations for that relationship and i think that that those were not getting met and whatever that was whether it was i mean who we're just speculating here but i mean like whether it was like direct sales or you know from you know people clicking from youtube to to the to the site you know or i mean i don't i don't even remember it kind of feels a little set up to fail if it was for something like that because i don't remember like any sort of coupon codes or anything like or go here and i don't know what it was supposed to be but whatever it was didn't look like it even developed so it kind of seems like they kind of nipped it before it got because it seemed like he was on the payroll or at least was was getting paid you know to 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 be a representative for them so i agree i think and and i certainly struggle with this uh, for people that watch my youtube channel is i think now is the era of the watch personality not the watch reviewer because mm-hmm. watchbox arguably they know everything about a watch and i don't think that i think that content's been done and it because i notice it when i do straight watch reviews so if i do a straight watch review it's not going to get as much views as if i give pinion piece for example the you know omega 300 that i said i didn't Mm -hmm. like and Mm -hmm. i used to be afraid of doing stuff like that because i didn't want to like inflame passions but now i'm learning that actually and we'll talk about this in the next story but i feel like it's more you've not only got to be a good watch reviewer in fact you don't even need to be a good watch reviewer arguably you just need to have a a personality or an angle and mm-hmm. and, and the yeah. fact that TG and I think that speculating here is I think that that Watchbox because they tried this with Federico and Federico I'm a huge fan of Federico mm-hmm. I yeah. think they needed to bring a personality some personality to right. their watch content right because yep. they might make good watch content in fact right. arguably the most technically you know sophisticated watch content mm-hmm. out there Mm-hmm. but they struggle to have 
personality on there. Right. Right. Yeah. No. I. I. I mean, we were. You know, just talking about the the squale. I mean, like, just you know, this this is not a you know this this may you may not have this uh, effect, or should I say, you might not have the same problems or you know issues with a certain watch but uh i'm interested in how how you came about this or like what what you what your take is like what your experience is is interesting to me and to say okay well i had this experience and maybe that lines up with yours and maybe it doesn't but it's something to think about going forward you know that that kind of thing instead of this like it's a it's a 20 millimeter and it has 47 millimeter lugs and it's got you know what i mean there's this like just this data that we just it has to have something more than just the data i mean you really you really hit on that it has to just because anybody just about anybody can do just a watch review just read the spec sheet we got it <laughs> and that's one of the things that i've certainly been very lucky with for the most part is my audience is receptive i think to so when i sold my speedmaster a lot of people didn't agree with me and mm-hmm. pl- guys please don't agree with me i had some, right, there was yeah. some weird reasons that uh that i had but it, i am but I, I did offer to scratch it <laughs> yes well, but everyone was everyone's like super respectful i think if you present it in the right way and this is what i find with um I mean, God, I'm only a small channel, so you know, far be it from me. To hey, ten thousand! Don't don't channel. sell yourself short here. Ten thousand, man! Come on, you're doing it. You get your plaque yet? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's fifty thousand. So, yeah. oh, okay. if you're not subscribed, please subscribe over there. The uh, I tell fifty thousand of your friends, forty thousand, forty, right. forty nine, uh, thirty nine thousand yeah. of your friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you need to have a personality. The problem with that is you're you're making a, a bargain there. You're like, okay, well, to get more views and uh you know to make more interesting content i need to share more of my own personality more right. of myself right but then you've also then you then open the doors yep. to people who who then don't like you not because of things you've said wrong in the review or comments that you might have made about a watch but they they then go after you and this will lead on to our next story now but they will they will comment on your actual personality and who you are and how you look right and and think about it from the think about it from the dealer like if you know if you're not if you're not the dealer if you are representing a a watch company that's selling watches um there's going to be a list of things you cannot say that you just that you just i mean that you're that that if you do say them if they carry uh two or three of the brands and maybe you didn't maybe you didn't know that they carry this third brand and you say something like well i you know i just don't think that that third brand holds the value you know i just i wouldn't i wouldn't pick up that third brand because i don't think you are not free to say whatever you want to say and i mean they're gonna they're they will clamp down on that so there's a little bit of uh youtube drama and i don't often talk about it on here or on the youtube channel but what we wanted to talk about for the latter part of the podcast is selling watches uh, and this deserves a, a longer podcast i think but we'll certainly talk about maybe we'll talk about what we've been recently selling and, ha- and how we've yeah, gone about it yeah and and buy well buying and selling absolutely too too so um I, yeah i just wanted to i just wanted to kind of take a fresh look at at how i go through this process and sam i please jump in and we'll we'll kind of work how we kind of go about the, the the obsession of finding the deal and and picking out a picking out a new watch. Uh, so the first thing I just want to say, I've mentioned this on the channel before uh, and the, or the podcast before, and that's 
the endowment effect. And the endowment effect is when you value something that you own higher than something you don't. So basically, when you look at the watch on your wrist and, you're, and you paid $3,000 to this watch on your wrist and you're like, it's worth $3,000. No, it is not. It's not worth $3,000 because you have to sell it and someone has to buy it and someone is not going to pay you what you paid to buy it brand new. So there's going to be some depreciation there. You're going to have yep. to send it to someone. Uh, there's going to be seller fees. There's going to be transaction fees. There's going to be shipping fees. So just you know, keep that in the back of your mind. We we start to talk about this this stuff, and I, I like to. eBay is great for sellers. So eBay is it's a place where it can catch your attention, and you know they can they can just like YouTube, they can suggest. They su- suggest things that you're looking at and similar things you might also likes and catch your attention. And you have to be careful not to pay too much when you're, when you're there purchasing. Um, and then if you're selling, you have to price it accordingly. So Sam, when you go to figure out the value, so you just recently sold the Tudor. Yep. How did you how did you value that? Like how did you price that out? So you you knew you wanted to sell it. Where did you go to figure out okay, this is a good fair price for this watch? Yeah. So I sold it on Chrono 24 because the problem with eBay is it's got very expensive. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is you're looking down the nose of losing 12% on your watch because not only is it 10% straight off the top for eBay, Mm-hmm. You're also you've got their their fee, their three percent for PayPal fee fee. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. Chrono twenty four used to be a lot more expensive than that, and not only did it was it was it expensive, but the buyer had to pay a fee, an escrow fee of of a little bit. So it ended up being that you both paid, and also you had to pay the fee up front to list a watch. Mm-hmm. Well, Chrono twenty four has got very shrewd now. And they charge a six point five percent. They don't charge any fee for their escrow, although it might it might be nominal. So I actually mm-hmm. sold it on there, and they will suggest a price. And what I like about Chrono24 is they will show you a graph of what the watch has sold for. You made a very interesting point about this endowment effect on eBay. The mm-hmm. other thing mm-hmm. with eBay is that one person will put a watch on for what they think the watch is worth, and then other people will price around this. So yeah, Exactly. Yep, this is the problem that's... I have with the X33 at the moment, the Omega X33s, because... When an X33 goes out to bid, it never sells more than $1,200. But every single one that you see on there, buy it now, they're $2,000, Yep. So your first move when you get into eBay, if you're, if you're going to use eBay or you sell, sell, if you're going to use them to price, on the left-hand side, there is, a, there is a button for completed and sold. And you check that box for completed and sold. And then you see the thing that you're looking to buy and sell. You can see what they're actually being sold for. And that's where you really have to start to figure out, okay, what is this worth? Your X33, perfect example. You know, what are, what are they actually selling for? If you want to sell over there, that gives you a better idea of the market. And if you're pricing right around that, you know, to, to sort of start there. What I find interesting that I see all the time with many different goods, retail goods over at uh, eBay, because it's a seller's market, is they will just reduce the price a little bit of a used item 
and then ask for just about the same price. And this just astounds me because occasionally people will buy this thing. So, for example, there is a brand new watch at the AD for $1,000. You can walk in. Sure, you're paying some tax. You had to drive there. But you can get it for $1,000. It kills me when I see used items, particularly watches, sell for $986. And meanwhile, I could go get a brand new one for $20 more, you know? For whatever reason, people will get, you know, they'll just, they don't do their research. They don't, you know, they don't know how much it's worth or whatever. And they just click buy and that item will sell. So occasionally sellers will luck out when someone doesn't know the value of something and then gives them a, a way better price than they would ever get. Yeah, um, people get so. caught up in the frenzy, don't they, of, of it being eBay and bidding. And it's funny because I've... So, um, re- you know, so some retail basics for me, um, and I mentioned this before, we'll put it here. There is about a 30% profit in watches. Certain brands are different, you know, there's all over the place, but let's just assume the 30% profit, okay? So if a AD is is listing that watch for $1,000, it only costs them $700 to buy it from the manufacturer. And the manufacturer, it definitely did not cost the manufacturer $700 to make that watch. It maybe cost them half that. So now we're down into like 350 land. I'll just like, you know, any anything that's sold used, uh, there is a depreciation. Certain watch brands and and this is we've talked about this before uh this is why we value certain brands more than others uh, because maybe we feel like okay this is going to be you know this is the heritage or this is going to be worth uh the same amount of money or the oh those drop in value that sort of thing but i generally look for about 30 percent off on a used watch and so i mentioned uh, i mentioned earlier we were talking about my my new uh 104 that's exactly what that came in as. And I I sent him an, a fair offer. It wasn't like a lowball offer. It was a fair offer for 30%. And he accepted it. The seller accepted it. So um, that's, you know, that's kind of what you want to shoot for when you're looking for anything in this, you know, and especially in eBay, you know. Um, once you get in a, once you get in a Corona 24, you know, there is some, some back and forth. Uh, that can happen. Now, you've had some sales, Sam, over on Chrono24 that have had that sort of back and forth. Yes. Um, in fact, they're almost always suggested price, so you have to kind of factor that in a little bit. I know in the past, Chrono24 really suffered from people listing watches, and then because you paid up front, you basically paid a listing fee, and then people would just factor that in, and people would just email, hey, I don't want to go through Chrono24 because the, buy- you know, the buyer had to pay. And so mm-hmm. a lot of it was done off Chrono24. Chrono24 was like almost like an online catalog, whereas now they've, you, you list some, this is something I should say about Chrono24. You list something on there, it is on there for three months. There is no you selling it elsewhere. There's no you ending the listing. If you end the listing, they bill you for the, if you, it, unless you prove that it was lost or stolen, and I'm guessing that they'll need some kind of crime number, mm-hmm. like a police yeah. crime number. 
And it doesn't, they don't always sell straight away. Like the Tudor, I priced it fairly and, and somebody got it for a, for a decent mm-hmm. offer. But this was the other thing that factored, to your point earlier, this is another thing that factored into me selling it is now it is worth round about what I paid for it. Mm-hmm. But what happens up next year when there's a new version right, or, or right, whatever? Right. Like, the new, yes. Yeah, the new thing comes out. Mm-hmm. I've sold watches on Corona 24, sold watches on, on eBay. I did try and trade a watch with Crown and Calibre, which maybe okay. we'll do a separate thing where we talk about mm-hmm. trading in watches. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, another site that I uh, keep an eye on is a site called Watch Recon. And Watch Recon does a, a like a database search of all the forums, Reddit, six or seven places, and will pull up posts, forum posts. Now, I've not done a personal sale on a forum, and I don't know if you have, Sam. I haven't bought or sold on a forum. There is a Stephen who's on the Facebook group. We actually did, I think, the second podcast we ever did. He is a big one for selling on and buying on forums, and you can get a deal. But I'm just, it, it, you're all, it's not, it, you have to really understand it and understand the forum and be a regular member of that forum. Some of them you have to post X number of times to even sell something. So you have to get in broad. So even though you might get watched cheaper, it's still an investment in time so that you don't get stung. In the $50 to, uh, let's say, 2000 is probably the most uh, I've ever uh, done on eBay. Um, in that price range, that's where I'm comfortable, uh, you know, paying PayPal fees because, you know, okay, 3% of $2,000, you know, okay. Uh, it's not $10,000. Uh, that's where I'm comfortable. But once you, you know, I had I had someone on eBay offer me, you know, like offer to do a direct sale, pull the thing off eBay, like meet up in person kind of thing. And I was a little gun shy about it, but ended up contacting them. But, you know, but it, in the end, it didn't work out. And I had to do all of this work, extra work, to try to make up for, you know, any sort of PayPal fees that I would have been taken out. Uh, my point is, there is some security that Chrono24 gives you with that percentage that they take, with that listing fee. There's some security that eBay and PayPal with that. So, yeah. so you know, so a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to pay PayPal 3%, 10% of eBay. Yeah. Yes, true. Yeah, I know. But when you ship that, that, that signed shipping gets sent automatically to the buyer, vice versa. If you sell or if you buy, it gets sent right to you. Until that hits your door, until you are signing for that package, the seller is responsible for that. So there's that that sort of built-in that you have to factor in, that, that built-in security that you have to factor in when you, when you sell through the, some of these services that you may not have if you go to a forum and you just, you know, talk about it. I, I agree with you. And the other thing you've got to be when you're looking for watches is, and you, you're going to spend whatever, $1,000 or whatever, really educate yourself because work out whether there's a couple of questions you've got to ask yourself. Is this watch worth what I'm paying for it? Am I paying for the watch because that's what its current market value is worth? Or the big question is, am I paying this watch because there's the market isn't liquid for this watch? Mm-hmm. Prime example is these ridiculous limited edition watches where you're not paying because the watch is worth that. You're paying because they're just it, it, everybody wants it. it. There's no liquidity right. in the that mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, something else to consider is with those, especially with those forums, if you don't want to pay fees, unless you're doing a cash transaction in person, everybody's, you know, you hear people, uh, I'd be interested to talk to someone who's done bank transfers because I've done bank transfers with my, with a, you know, with my business. And like, that is a pain. You have to make sure you have your I's dotted, your T's crossed. They're all their account information, um, where that's going, what that's going to do when it gets there. And then there has to be some trust that, you know, you're going to give this person money that you're going to get the product. There's definitely a risk, especially down in, like I said, in this, like, you know, sweet spot, you know, a thousand dollar price point, you know, like why, why risk it? Why risk losing a thousand dollars to save, to get a great deal? That's maybe a hundred dollars off or $200 off risking a thousand dollars on that. It's not, it's just not worth it. One of the interesting things I'm sure the listeners would love to know, and I'm certainly interested in what have you sold recently? And also did you get what you expected for it? Was there any surprises you had there? So my most recent sale was a Steinhardt uh, Ocean One GMT, which I purchased on eBay for a really good price, and then tried to sell, and then get, that got screwed up, and then tried to sell again, but managed to uh, managed to finally sell it for I believe it's right around seven hundred. So you can buy those new shipped, I believe about eight hundred. So the fact that I got like 690 I think was something like that was really pretty good and I think like I said earlier uh seller's market I would have maybe given myself 600 something for that 30 percent the last watch I sold well the last two I sold were on Chrono 24 so I'd have probably have to go back a little bit for some I did sell a, a that that Laurier that I got mm-hmm. but again that was to do with there wasn't liquidity in the market yeah, and I just managed to get back what I sold for it. But that's really interesting. I, I'm really interested to know what the listeners' experiences are. So let us know over on the Casual Watch Talk uh, Facebook group. Yeah, thanks for that, Chris. That's a that was a really interesting topic. I think definitely we need to do a part two of that one. As always, guys, we appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.